Uh, joining us now on the program from London, Jim Hamilton and Andy Good, both former players, of course, of some repute. They are the oh, yeah. hosts of the Rugby Pod, and we welcome them into Radio Sport Breakfast. Hi, fellas. Morning, guys. Morning. Did you guys also hear that result and go, hang on? Yeah, crazy. Crazy. We, in the Six Nations game this weekend, the touch judge went and uh, got involved with an England session in the week. He got canned off the touch because of that. So they didn't think there was any bias involved. And then when there's a World Cup spot up, uh, you know, in need of, of going forward, you've got a Romanian referee. And if Spain lose, Romania go through. It's, it's shocking. Yeah, and it's all the stuff that's out there now that... You know, is it corruption? We don't know. Obviously, World Rugby are looking into it, and you've seen that. You mentioned the penalty count. You know, 24 penalties to four. You know, or whatever it was. It's absolutely ridiculous. So something's clearly not right. And you mentioned Tialata at the game. So I don't know whether it can be overturned. I don't know whether the game can be replayed. But yeah, it's not look good. One thing I will say though is, if you saw the scenes after the game, as bad as the ref must have been, there's no place for players chasing the referee around the, the pitch at all for me. Yeah, yeah. The Spanish players went wild. I, I, heard, anyway. I heard that one of the highlights of the game, just before we move on to Six Nations, I heard one of the highlights of the game was that Spain had apparently, I think there was some sort of, you know, a knock-on and the ref was playing advantage and Spain broke through the line as if they were heading off to score a try and he blew the whistle and called them back for a scrum. That could be that could be seen perhaps as maybe not quite right. But look, let's move on to Six Nations and we'll go to you um, uh, first, Andy. Uh, England right now, um, there's a lot of talk about like, well, have they stagnated? Are they too tired or whatever? What was your read on on England's performance in the Six Nations? They finished fifth. They finished fifth. They finished fifth in the Six Nations. Second from bottom. <laughs> I haven't seen any games to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. Are we not still the second best team in the world or what? No, um, we do. We look jaded. Um, and, you know, Eddie Jones talks about heading for the World Cup and trying to win that and trying to knock the New Zealanders off the number one perch. We are miles away um, with the team. And you look at fixtures, and we did go on that amazing run of, of wins, but they were favourable fixtures. We didn't play you guys, didn't play the big dogs. We had an Australian team that were post-World Cup, underpowered, underperforming, missing a load of players. Uh, we went over there and won 3-0, and we made that out to be a huge deal, which it is for us to go to Australia and win 3-0. You guys do it all the time, no doubt. But in reality... Um, we've got players that are getting picked off the back of the credit they've got in the bank for 2016 and 2017, um, which they're not playing, they're not informed. Dylan Hartley, he's a Kiwi, he shouldn't be captain. Um, on form, he's pretty poor. And um, the players like Mike Brown, their time is up for me, I'm afraid. I know uh, Jeremy Gus got Sir Clive Woodward had talked about the line schedule and how busy the England players have been. Could you make the same case, though, for Irish, Welsh, Scottish players who also travel to New Zealand? No, not really, because you look at it and the system in Ireland, Scotland and Wales is very similar to New Zealand. So a lot of your guys get delayed coming back into Super Rugby, don't they, the All Blacks? They get managed in terms of their game time, their preparation, etc. The England boys, um, they go on the Lions tour and then as we are, or I say we are retired now, but as the players are the assets of the clubs, they're back in playing September the 3rd, the first game of the Premiership season. And there was a little stat that came out the weekend. The Irish boys, and specifically Johnny Sexton, has played half the amount of minutes or less than half the amount of minutes that Owen Farrell's played this year um, in comparison. And they both played a massive part in that Lions series. So we, we are overplayed and um, under under energised. But um, Eddie Jones, when he gets the boys together, he trains them like I've never seen a team train in my life. And I've watched a lot of training.
Uh, we're talking to the boys from the Rugby Pod. It is the number one uh, rugby podcast in the world. You get it from all the places where you find uh, your podcast. Andy Good's been with us. Uh, Jim Hamilton is uh, with us as well. Jim, when you look at, at even the game plan, though, of England, did you see, um, do you think they're holding something back? Because it seemed to be quite sort of conservative. I did. I don't know if you can tell by the accent as well that I was supporting Scotland. And, yes. Um, so <laughs> I, I, it was nice to see him finish fifth. But I think... Yeah, I think it was a bit of everything. Not even the game plan. They just didn't have the ability to get over the game line. And, you know, we've been talking about it on the podcast tonight. And I think everyone agrees that Billy Vanapola being injured, a huge loss. He obviously didn't tour with the Lions as well. So he, he's had his fair share of injuries. But they just look lost. You know, there's question marks over Ford as well, who was playing 10 for the majority of the Six Nations with Farrell at 12. Yeah, um, obviously lost Ben Youngs early on with injury. It just looked like they didn't have any attacking structure. And Eddie Jones is obviously coaching the attack. You know, they've spoken about this week, potentially bringing in an attack coach. You know, what does that say about Eddie Jones in himself? Is he taking too much on himself? I think the big thing for me was around the breakdown, though. They couldn't get any clean ball around there. So that's question marks over the back row. Rob Shaw has obviously been in the team a long time. Nathan Hughes picked up an injury and obviously brought Don Almond in. Uh, he, got, he got a few minutes at the weekend. But I think all aspects of it, the England team aren't in a good place. They look broken. You know, Dylan Hartley, Goody mentioned it there. Obviously, hooker, captain, he's not even the best hooker in England. Um, and he's captain in the national team. So you've got to be questioning the management. You've got to be questioning Eddie Jones. And I'm just not sure whether 18 months out for, for, from a World Cup or whatever it is, that, that they can fix the things that need fixing. So the spotlight's on England now. The players are massively paid. Uh, hugely high profile uh, and they look tired um, so there's going to be a lot of thinking that needs to be done and I imagine a lot of restructuring in, the, in that team and we'll see come what, what they're doing the summer tour against South Africa because Goody mentioned a lot of them players look tired and I've played with them and, and know a lot of the players and they are tired and Andy you talked about Eddie Jones working these guys as hard as anyone you have seen I mean is he overworking them and maybe even just emotionally or mentally as opposed to physically uh, well, a lot of it is physical, uh, 100% is physical. I've watched them train a few times, and the intensity of the training sessions is far away and beyond above uh, the intensity of a match. And he's basically saying, we want to be the fittest team in the world. We have to train at, intensity, at an intensity that we're not comfortable with. So when we go into games, it's easy. But they're, doing, they're playing a game, pretty much playing a game on a Wednesday before a Saturday test where they are going harder than the test match. So recovery times with the boys training and knocking seven bells out of each other every day. Um, it's a knock-on effect, and that cumulative uh, deficiency of energy goes into a game. And we look lethargic through, I don't know whether you saw any of the games, but through every game in the Six Nations, specifically the last three, we look lethargic and um, you know, just short of energy. And that's got to be about the, the, the effort they're putting in and training on top of all the games they're playing. And it's fair to mention as well, like I don't know if you guys know, but Obviously, they're back into the, the English boys are back into the Aviva Premiership this week. So Saracens, for example, have got a massive game against Harlequins. Harlequins are trying to get into the top six to get European qualification. Saracens are trying to get into the top two to get a home uh, quarter fi- home semi-final sorry, in, in the Aviva Premiership. So a lot of them England players are going to be expected to play this week. And then Saracens go away to Dublin in the Champions Cup to play against Leinster, so the majority of that Irish team in another massive game. So the, the question marks are, is when are these guys getting rested? How are they going to be looked after? It's difficult because the club obviously owns them as players. They pay the players' salaries. 
and I'm just looking at it and look at what happens over in New Zealand, you know, what the Irish provinces do, what the Welsh provinces and Scotland provinces do, that it's just not sustainable the way that English rugby is now if you're trying to maintain performance. Hey, guys, uh, nice to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Uh, we might touch base for the end-of-year tour. Thank you so much. And everyone, if uh, you want to get your knowledge on stuff, uh, all the rest of the Six Nations are covering it off on the, the Rugby Pod.